Today we celebrate the fifth Sunday of Easter. Beloved, everybody needs a home because homelessness is not a normal situation. However, to have a home is not just to have a house. It is to have a set of close ties with people who accept us for what we are and who give us a sense of belonging. It's quite miserable to note that in spite of all the buildings we toil to put up, here on earth, we do not have a lasting home. Today, Jesus assures us that ultimately all of us have an everlasting residence in our Heavenly Father's house. This is a cause of tremendous hope for each one of us because without such a home, life would be a journey to nowhere. During the Last Supper, when Jesus began to talk to the apostles about the fact that he was leaving them, they were deeply plunged into sorrow and distress. Jesus, therefore, consoles them with these lovely words in the gospel. There are many rooms in my father's house. If it was not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And when I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself. And where I am, you may also be. This means that we have an eternal home to go to, namely the Father's house where all our hopes will be fulfilled. We have been assured, but there remains the question of how to get there. Jesus helps us out when he speaks about he being the way to the Father. We are accustomed to seeking directions from people whom we presume know where we are going. Sometimes the directions they give are so complicated that we cannot remember them. Sometimes it takes you even to a different location. Today, technology has given us global positioning systems, GPS, that make traveling easier by navigating us to our destination. Unfortunately, once a while, the GPS leads us to the middle of nowhere and tells us, you have reached your destination. Directions from other people might complicate things for us. Google Maps might fail. The GPS might also fail. But Jesus will never fail us because he does not only know the way, but in fact, he is the way to the Father. The way to God has confused and baffled many people. Indeed, some have become hopelessly confused while others have got lost. This is because we often fail to fix our gaze on Jesus and to follow him who is the way. We follow from a distance, keeping him in our sight now and again.
and wandering off into side paths and wrong exits from Jesus, the divine highway to the Father. We therefore run the risk of losing sight of him, but he is always ready to reroute us. A million times we wander from him if we want to. Remember, when Thomas asked, how can we know the way? Jesus replied, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is assuring us of the truth that he is the way which leads to eternal life with the Father in heaven. There is no other way to the Father except through Jesus. It is he alone who has the full knowledge of the Father and consequently has the full truth that leads to the Father. In fact, he is essentially the truth. Even if people fail to believe in him, truth as I always say, it's always the truth even if nobody believes in it. Unfortunately, our world is inclined to believe in half-truths and even in ideologies and philosophies that are contrary to the essential truth taught by our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the life, not just any kind of living, but a living that is full, a living that is rich. He is the life that you are looking for because he came that you might have that life and have it to the fullest. John 10, 10. This fullness of life is the one that the saints enjoy with the Father in heaven and the life that we are called to enjoy. St. Peter in the second reading reminds us of our call to be saints. Our vocation, therefore, is to take our place in heaven when we end our earthly life. In the church, we have a spiritual home built on the foundation stone of Christ and commissioned to preach Christ, who is the way, who is the truth, and who is the life. The church gives us the word of God. The church gives us the sacrament, and these are means to the Father's house. So we have the means of becoming saints. Through the church, Christ has made us his brothers and sisters. And therefore, we have become heirs of heaven. And our part is to offer daily dedicated sacrifices acceptable to God. We are all heirs of the Father. And we are co-heirs with our brother, our Lord Jesus Christ. And therefore, we are a family. And if we are a family, we are called to live in love. We are called to celebrate our unity. We are called to celebrate our potentiality. Hold somebody and tell the person, I love you. Dearly beloved, Following the way of Christ in response to our vocation in life can be distracting because we are distracted by certain demands and conditions in life. In the first reading, the early church suffered a similar setback when the Greeks murmured because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution of food. 
such squabbles and controversies are not surprising as the church began to grow in numerical strength. The church will certainly have problems because it's an institution, although institution set up by Christ, but is operated by human beings. For me, the best definition of the church is a group of sinners who are cooperating and struggling with the grace of God to become saints. So the church on earth is not a finished product. And if it is not a finished product, it means that we can face challenges within the church. We can face those squabbles and difficulties and people are going to murmur. People are going to become dissatisfied. People are going to revolt. Yeah, like the Greeks, they might have legitimate concerns. But in the time of the early church, the early church did not fight the apostles and neither did they disrupt the mission of the church. You know, I have seen and heard about situations where people are not happy with their pastors and they go and lock the church saying we don't want the priest to come and have service to even have mass or fellowship with us. And I wonder what type of Christianity are we practicing? If you are fed up with a situation and you don't want to be part of it, must you go and deprive other people from coming to encounter our Lord Jesus Christ in the Eucharistic celebration? I think some of our youth need to be rerouted by our Lord. If only they will have to listen to Christ, who has the truth. If they want to follow Christ, who is the way? And if indeed I want to follow Christ the way, the best way is to come to communion with him in the Eucharistic celebration. So why would I prevent myself and other people shut the door to the church which makes it possible for the Eucharist to become available to be prevented for others to be denied of that? At times we need to bury our heads in shame. Dearly beloved, at times, we are too quick to revolt. We are too quick to blow things out of proportion because of some trivial concerns with the church. There are so many things that are distracting the clergy of the church today from proclaiming the good news of salvation and from the administration of the sacrament. Yes, indeed, priests can become too materialistic. Priests can become so much concerned about material things rather than spiritual needs of their people. So I am not, you know, uh, vindicating the priests because uh, the parishioners voted against them. We need to re-examine the route we are taking. Is our route the route that Christ leads? Or we are listening to other voices? And taking different routes. Dearly beloved of Christ. There are so many things. That today needs to be addressed. 
we should not follow Jesus from afar. We should follow Jesus closely. And the, the spiritual journey of our people, of our family, of our friends should be our primary concern. I was invited to a parish in Africa to the scent of mass of one of my friends who was a priest. And when I went there, the testimonies people were giving about this priest was all about uh, the material things he did. He built this hall, he built this school, he built that, he built this for us, so and so. And I was impressed. Everybody was clapping. But I was so disappointed that nobody ever spoke about his homilies. Nobody ever spoke about uh, the sacraments that he conferred on other people. The baptisms he performed. The sacrament of reconciliation that he sat down to administer to the people. His availability to the people. His availability in celebrating God's word and his Eucharist among the people. The retreats that he was able to give to the people. None of these was mentioned that tells me that our people are much more oriented towards material things that the priest does. But the priest is not a contractor. The priest was not ordained to be a contractor. The priest was not ordained to be a philanthropist. The priest was not ordained to build houses for people. The priest was ordained to administer the sacraments and to proclaim the word of God. We are deviating from the course that Christ leads us. This week probably is a good time for all of us to reflect whether we are relying on Christ as our spiritual GPS or whether we are relying on something else. This week might be a good time to see what role you are playing to help others follow Christ. Who is the way? Who is the truth? And who is the life? Dearly beloved, now is the time. Are you following Christ the way? Is the direction you are going leading you to the house of your father? The place that Jesus has gone to prepare for us? Or is leading you to some different destination? If you are serious about your life, Jesus surely will reroute you. Even if you deviate from the way a thousand times a day, Jesus surely is kind and merciful. He will reroute you. Allow yourself to be rerouted by the Lord. May the Holy Spirit help us to hear the voice of Christ and to follow him closely. Amen.